Welcome to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, where we celebrate the craft of poetry. Each week, we feature interviews with incredible poets and artists, including Olivia Gatwood and A.E. Stallings, and original poetry read by the authors. I'm your host, James Moorhead, poet laureate of Dublin, California, and author of Canvas and Portraits of Red and Gray. Please note that this episode contains adult language and includes poetry that touches on suicide and is not suitable for children. If you are having suicidal thoughts, please reach out for support resources in your area. On this week's episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, we are featuring poems submitted to Viewless Wings and read by the authors. We love providing a platform for poets to share their words on viewlesswings.com and their voices on the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast. Visit viewlesswings.com to learn more about how to submit your poem for a future episode, or find Viewless Wings on submittable.com. And now we turn the mic over to our first featured poet. My name is Sinead McGuigan. A poet and a psychology graduate from University College Dublin, Ireland. I write poetry that explores the human condition and the deepest, darkest emotions connected to our experiences. I was recovering from cancer when I decided to let the ink flow. I have two solo collections, A Gift and a Curse, and my new book, Unbound, both available on Amazon. My main interests are travel, concerts and art. I often collaborate with wonderful artists who inspire me daily and I have appeared alongside their work in many publications. I wrote this poem about a woman I lived beside many years ago. I tried to capture the painful contemplation that recurred daily for her. I hope you enjoy my poem. Whiskey Breath The liquid untamed pours down my throat. A hot, fiery taste that has learned to coax, the pious to walk away from the cross. A friend or foe making foolish promises. A poison filled with love and regret. How free the heat makes my mouth, swirling my tongue in delicious sensations, filling my soul with fear and doubt. Another shot and everything is smooth. The sky is casting through the pain so beautifully. The sunshine illuminates my reflection. Oh, how my dead eyes shine. I raise a glass, seeking the hit one more time. That rush of feeling alive, enticing me the distance to swallow my own lies. Lying in bed, wondering why. There is a bitterness deep inside my mind. The moon glows through the thin linen. I am no longer seduced by the sound of gurgling in my throat. I was a hero to the broken as curtains drew, offering blessings with my whiskey breath. All the shots shared with myself. Memories of my past, lamenting my present, wondering why. My name is Heather McKechnie. I am a queer, aspiring poet from Ontario, Canada. I have been writing since I could first grasp a pencil, but have seldom shared my written words with anyone before now. I am also a mother, 
a nonprofit manager, and an enthusiastic lover of life, delighted by evenings of music, deep conversation, writing, nature, and solitude. Today, I am going to share Nothing to Lose, a poem inspired by my journey in discovering my sexuality. Nothing to Lose Dating boys was easy. I learned the tricks far too young. And boys became men as I taught my Barbies to kiss, imagining how different the soft curves of a woman might feel neath my fingertips, my hungry lips, my aching heart. Effortlessly easy as saucy smiles, two short skirts, and Barbie doll hair drew them near. Drunk with the power of knowing they always wanted it more than I, who did not want it at all. It's easy to win the game when there's nothing to lose, but yourself. First was the pain, so sharp I was certain my body would split into a million jagged shards. In the end, it was intact, though my soul slipped away, infinite droplets of crystalline fragments. Yet somehow I would still live to wonder why people called it making love. There was no love to be found only the sharp staccato edges of a fuck. Power was a gift that came later, born of the treacherous words dripping like honey from pink glossy lips, the lips that I most longed to kiss, meant to show me my place and drown me in shame, but defiant I claimed my power, the slut, the whore, the fuckable cunt. Boys, faded to men, every one taking credit for the innocent smile of a child, framed by tender soft skin, raw from sandpaper chins of fully grown men. Not seeing desire, they thought they inspired, lay hidden behind eyes closed, lost in dreams of sweet lips and the soft supple curves of the women I hadn't yet met. Yes, dating men was easy, with each carnal thrust convincing them of their own power as time and again they took what they wanted, not seeing it had long since been lost, abandoned, forgotten in darkness, preciously held by dirty remnants of a first training bra, as empty as the abandoned train station that had long since stopped waiting for passengers. Smiling, I knew I held the power to get what I needed, to stay or to go? In the end, I always left, though they begged me to stay. The moment my freedom started slipping away, I left every time, carefree and easy. They still, every one, wanted it more than I, who did not want it at all. Lost in the dreams of imaginary lovers, immune from all heartache and shame, Unaware when at last I succumbed to desire, the soft curves that I craved would undo me. No longer shielded by the cold, empty safety of one who has nothing to lose, my heart learned to soar with love and desire, then bleed from the heartache of being the one who wanted it so very much, the one who wanted it all. This is Lawrence Bridges, and my poetry has appeared in The New Yorker, Poetry, The Tampa Review, 
and I publish three volumes of poetry, Horses on Drums, Red Hand Press, 2006, Flip Days, again, Red Hand, 2009, and Brownwood, Tupelo Press, 2016. The question the poem asks is essentially how to live or how to make sense of the burden of consciousness. You know, those times when you're at rest, when you're sitting in traffic, contemplating chores done and undone, and you have a twilight awareness of the mechanics of consciousness and the puzzlement you feel. I guess it asks how to survive that pain or perhaps the problem of lost time, of being alive, where consciousness actually confirms nothing except self-awareness. All that consciousness confirms is our puzzlement with indeterminacy in a universe that is finite but without boundary and the mystery of it. So what is a how-to solution? Is there an answer to the question? I think the answer is in the poem itself, that you apply through the language of poetry to strike upon a moment of recognition and control. Even if you're saying you don't know the answer, except as a maker of art, kind of singing the song of this dilemma. You know, I think that's how poetry works. That's how poets survive, to buoy themselves up so they can write again. How to what? I can explain the root. Maybe I'll start there. A little better in this moment. A description of shape or of white noise or scent in the house. The framed pictures. Everything turns on now. Like my grandmother's now. I'm off the hook. I've bought new tires. Sit in traffic. Brood over the deep mysteries of quantum mechanics. It's all interference insofar as not being not, that's how. Hello, I'm Denise Alden, a poet who bakes a lot of sourdough bread and reads a lot of nonfiction when I'm not writing. I live on the traditional homelands of the Dakota, which is now known as the Twin Cities of Minnesota. This poem, entitled, You May Experience Some Joint Discomfort, is part of a poem cycle about my experiences with cancer, its treatments, and aftermath. You may experience some joint discomfort. Yoko Ono was the first person I heard say the quiet part out loud. To be a Christian is to be crucified sooner or later. Is this true, Jesus? The emperor of maladies brings us to our knees sometimes to religion, but I thought of you only when my wrists howled from Paclitaxel's iron-like nails. Oh, Jesus, what agony you must have suffered when the human parts of you overshadowed the divine. I don't believe you cried out for your father. Humans wail for their mothers, the home and center of our origin. We petition our fathers for revenge or justice, our mothers for mercy. No one answered my caterwauling. Time simply moved forward. Its echo chamber of stars deaf to my old woman's keening, just like it was deaf to you. Our lamentations extinguished in this icy galaxy we call home, no matter how long our nearest star promises to burn. Hi, 
I'm Dana Kinsey, an actor and teacher, published in Fledgling Rag, Drunk Monkeys, One Art, On the Seawall, West Trestle Review, McQueen's Quinterly, Viewless Wings, and Swim. My play, Water Rise, was produced at the Gene Frankel Theater. My chapbook, Mixtape Venus, is published by I, Giraffe Press. Visit me at wordsbydk.com. My poem, Pray for My Daughter, is an erasure poem derived from W.B. Yeats' A Prayer for My Daughter. As a high school teacher, I meet many students who make their way into my heart and stay there for life. This poem is about a remarkable young woman who shared a personal tragedy with me and has remained in my life as a friend and now a co-writer. This erasure is part of a hybrid book we're writing together about our teacher-student relationship as she navigated a terrible tragedy. Despite her father's decision, she remembers him fondly and knows that he would have wanted the best for her. She's currently studying to be a teacher and about to give birth to a son. I'll first share Yeats' poem, A Prayer for My Daughter, by W.B. Yeats. Once more, the storm is howling. Under this cradle hood and coverlid, my child sleeps on. There is no obstacle but Gregory's wood and one bare hill, whereby the haystack and roof-leveling wind bred on the Atlantic can be stayed. And for an hour I have walked and prayed because of the great gloom that is in my mind. I have walked and prayed for this young child an hour and heard the sea wind scream upon the tower and under the arches of the bridge and scream in the elms above the flooded stream, imagining an excited reverie that the future years had come, dancing to a frenzied drum out of the murderous innocence of the sea. May she be granted beauty and yet not beauty to make a stranger's eye distraught or hers before a looking-glass, for such being made beautiful over much, consider beauty a sufficient end, lose natural kindness, and maybe the heart-revealing intimacy that chooses right, and never find a friend. Helen, being chosen, found life flat and dull, and later had much trouble from a fool, while that great queen that rose out of the spray being fatherless, could have her way, yet chose a bandy-legged smith for man. It's certain that fine women eat a crazy salad with their meat, whereby the horn of plenty is undone. In courtesy, I'd have her chiefly learned. Hearts are not had as a gift, but hearts are earned. Yet many that have played the fool for beauty's very self has charm made wise, and many a poor man that has roved, loved, and thought himself beloved from a glad kindness. May she become a flourishing hidden tree, that all her thoughts may like the linnet be, and have no business but dispensing round their magnimities of sound, nor but in merriment begin a chase, nor but in merriment a quarrel. Oh, may she live like some green laurel rooted in one dear perpetual place. My mind, because the minds that I have loved, this sort of beauty that I have approved, prosper but little, has dried up of late, yet knows that to be choked with hate may well be of all evil chances chief. 
If there's no hatred in a mind, assault and battery of the wind can never tear the linnet from the leaf. An intellectual hatred is the worst. So let her think opinions are cursed. Have I not seen the loveliest woman born out of the mouth of plenty's horn because of her opinionated mind? Barter that horn and every good by quiet natures understood for an old bellows full of angry wind? Considering that, all hatred driven hence, the soul recovers radical innocence and learns at last that it is self-delighting, self-appeasing, self-affrighting, and that its own sweet will is heaven's will. She can, though every face should scowl and every wind quarter howl or every bellows burst, be happy still. And may her bridegroom bring her to a house where all's accustomed, ceremonious, for arrogance and hatred are the wares peddled in the thoroughfares. How but in custom and in ceremony are innocence and beauty born, ceremonies a name for the rich horn, and custom for the spreading laurel tree. And this is my erasure. Pray for my daughter. An imaginary gift for my student Deka from her father, who died by suicide. Howling under this coverlid, my child heard the scream of the frenzied, murderous sea. May she not consider the heart flat and dull. That great queen rose fatherless. I certain I'd not earned that gladness. May she flourish like some perpetual mind I have loved. Beauty choked with hatred can never barter for innocence at last. She can face every howl, every bellow, be happy still. Be my rich and spreading laurel. Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch, subscribe to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, and follow us on viewlesswings.com or on Instagram at viewlesswings. <laughs>